Edge. Star of Money Plane. God, here we go. Nah, not yet. We're gonna have to fucking get back into Money Plane again. Oh, no, I already had to for fun fiction. Oh. Oh, Oh, yeah. Megan's Megan's fan fiction. I have no idea what Money Plane is. (laughs) I'll let you know. What are the chances I could just not? It's like a Ryback segment. You're like, I'm gone, actually. We're not gonna talk about Money Plane. Mama, mama, money, plane, 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 plane. plane. (laughs) Welcome to Fight Boys, a show about professional and not so professional wrestling. I'm your host. And it was just a joke for a wrestling storyline. I didn't really kill nobody. Scotty Moore! I am the man who has been concussed twice, but never been concussed, Blake Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the man who knows that everybody <laughs> dies, the Dylan. I'm not gonna lie, I got real mad at the end of the- We'll get into All Out later, but I was furious, because I was like- Fuck, Blake's gonna be right, and he stole my pick, and Eddie Kingston's gonna win, and then Archer won, and I was like, I'm still mad. I'm still mad for some reason. You need to understand my heart rate during those last five minutes. (laughs) The moment they went to the outside, and I saw Butcher and Blade, and I was just like, shit, 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 and then he threw him onto it, and I was like, I should (laughs) have known. Oh no, that was me during MJF Moxley, because I was sitting there like, and Blake was next to me, so he got the death glare the whole match of me being like, you fucking son of a bitch. The minute he dropped the ring, I was like, you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> Ooh, ain't I just a little imp? In, in our defense, in, in our defense, if you played the tape back, uh, your exact words were, fuck it, even if I lose, I'm still Which ahead one point. I'm still ahead. <laughs> uh... But this last pay-per-view does prove that my key to, like, comebacks is every non-WWE event. With the exception of Impact, for some weird reason, which, like, you and fucking, fucking, uh, Don Callis are the same person, apparently. Scotty Moore is one of the booking team. You know that. Oh, it's Scott DeMore. But, you know, that's just my fancy Italian name I use for the business purposes. Uh, that's where I keep all my tax money. <laughs> uh, right, so I, let, I fucking can, let's get into WWE news, and then we'll gush about all out. Uh, SmackDown, Heyman got Roman over more than Roman did in five fucking years because he's Paul Heyman and he can just do that. And I was very excited about that. Well, I will say, I'll be honest. What, what did he? What did he say? Because I missed. I missed SmackDown. I had shit. It was very good because it was the least. It was the exact opposite of a normal Paul Heyman promo, where he's very much, ladies and gentlemen. It was. I am here. A lot of you think I'm the one. I'm the one who corrupted Roman. No, Roman corrupted me i was out and he dragged me back in and it was just a beautiful quiet promo during which he did refer 
to Michael Cole and Corey Graves as Anderson Cooper and Carmela's latest boyfriend, which made me so happy. I remember seeing that was um that was the first clip I saw from his promo, and it was fucking choice. It, it was just a very. <sighs> to be fair, that second one is not yeah. an insult. Well, it's it's just a very it was a very good passionate promo that lets you know like. Oh, Heyman wanted this for a while. Heyman wanted this partnership for a fucking while to happen, and he finally got it. I bet as soon as, like, everyone backstage, or, like, when they finally resign themselves to the fact that Brock is not coming back for the foreseeable future even more so than normal, it's like, uh, we still got Heyman. Yeah. And then Heyman just, like, popped up from behind the corner. And Roman Reigns. Reigns. Give me Roman. Yeah, and I Give love- me that lovely Samoan man. Yeah. But I, I loved the whole promo because it was... It was... W- he was being WWE. Like, he was being the... What we think when WWE looks at Roman Reigns, that's what Heyman's being. Because he's like... He was fighting a man called The Fiend. Fiends aren't champions. Fiends are meant to scare people. And a monster. Monsters gobble people up, but they're not champions. They aren't legacies. They don't they don't represent what WWE represents. And I'm like, they're doing it. They're doing it. They're doing it's like, it. God damn it, it's logic. Yeah. By uh, uh my my happiest thing about this is that Paul Heyman comes back to being a uh, 50-50 on successfully being the uh, the advocate for people in WWE. Actually, no, he's above. He's above 50-50. Uh, because uh, he has Punk, Brock, and now Roman. and then But he also had Ryback and uh, Cesaro. Uh, wait, and Curtis Axel. So yes, he is 50-50 now. Curtis Axel, while he was the advocate for him, became Intercontinental Champion and beat okay, so Triple H three times. <laughs> He's a he's a goose egg. He's like a non-factor. Yeah, he's it? a non-factor. So it's three, two, and one. Yeah. Uh, in addition, real cool of WWE to not put Braun or Bray on the show after the pay-per-view could work. Well, there was a little Bray. It was Bray literally basically saying, yeah, um, I lost the title, but they aren't going to let me fight for it again. So, hey, Alexa Bliss, anyways, let's move on. I'm sorry. <laughs> Alexa, you want to be my, you want to be my third wife? <laughs> Play Firefly Funhouse theme on repeat. Yeah. Uh and then in addition, Big E got destroyed on Xavier Woods' birthday, so that was fucking cool, but at least Jey Uso's number 1 contender. So, was it just me who destroyed him again? Um so, it was Corbin Riddle, uh Big E and Sheamus. And then Biggie, bro- uh, fuck, it sounds dumb when I say it, but then again, it is WWE. Big E got a birthday cake for Xavier Woods because he was going to show up on SmackDown. He didn't, by the way, so that was a tease that made me very mad. And then someone was like, Big E, Xavier's here. He walks around the corner and gets his shit kicked in by Sheamus. And I was like, oh, Big E's definitely going to win now. He'll come back later. Like, oh, I'm still going to win and then win. No, instead, they're like, he's out of the match. Who do we put in instead? Fuck it, Jey Uso, I guess. Although, it, it, there was a storyline reason, uh, because I believe Heyman went to one of the higher-ups and was like, put Jey Uso in the match. So that's why it was, but the only thing... Yeah, I, that's a Samoan connection, yeah, I'm but just, that's how they're gonna... That's how they're gonna get him over heel. 
because he's going to destroy Oos. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Okay. That, I kind of like it now. Because initially, I really wanted heal Bloodline because I love heal Usos. But yeah, I like that too. No, 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 no. Not heal Usos. He's going to kill Jay. And then it's going to be like, oh, he turned on his own family. Yeah. It, it, he just murdered him. He just murdered him, which is fine. I'm okay, Sacrifice. What's the next pay-per-view? Uh, Night of Champions, I believe. Yeah, fuck that pay-per-view. That pay-per-view has never been meaningful. Actually, I take that... If this means we get a pay-per-view where the Intercontinental title and the SmackDown tag titles are defended, I'm fucking happy. I'm okay with it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Haven't seen that in how long? Uh, uh at least, at least, the, not until three pay-per-views ago. Yeah. Uh, in Raw news, they finally had a multiple seg. Literally on the same night, I thought, why haven't they done a multiple segment underground match? They did one between KO and Aleister Black. And I was like, that's that's an interesting way to keep that rivalry going. Until Baba Tunde just fucked them both up for no reason. I'm like, okay, cool. Just gonna build up this big motherfucker for no reason. Yeah, okay. There's a there's a reason that Raw like ratings are tanking. Oh yeah. From what I've read, apparently like since Heyman left, it is a a fucking wreck backstage. Like they've got no clue. Good. <laughs> uh Cedric finally turned heel, which made me very very happy cuz I just want Cedric to get more shit. And then finally uh Retribution still fucking sucks and they have the worst voice masking of all time because literally it took me 5 seconds before I said, that's Dominic Dijakovic. That's how long it took before I said, that's who the fuck that is. You and fucking everybody else, because that was just his... Vo- you can't pitch his voice down, because it's already pitched as far down as possible. Yeah, but no one knows who the first voice is. No one knows who that who the female is. Uh, but apparently Mojo Rawls... Mercedes Martinez? Well, uh, they're saying Martinez is going to be part of it, but she wasn't the first voice talking. But they're saying Martinez, uh, Mia Yim was rumored, Mojo Rawley, and I continue to care less and less, especially Especially if they're like, one of our biggest names is Mojo Raleigh. Okay, cool. All right. Cool. That's fine. Was the first voice Gronk? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yes. And what sucks about that promo is it sounds, it almost sounds like they're trying to uh, make light of the releases because they're like, WWE threw us away. And I'm like, hold on now. When they just threw away, like, 11 people a few months ago, it's not a good didn't look. They, didn't they cut more people yesterday? Um, not... Yeah, Gerald Briscoe. So Briscoe's gone. So thank you for making me not have to talk about that more. Because <laughs> it, it, it's kind of like when fucking, um... Oh, shit. Who's the referee? The ref who was there forever and is now in AEW. Paul Turner? Uh, no, Chioda. Chioda. It's like when he... Yeah, it's like when he got released. I'm like, I've got nothing to say, but like, fuck, man, he's been there so long. Why would you do this? Yeah, it's like, he's a good ref, too. I I mean, but why? And Gerald Briscoe, Gerald Briscoe is a former hardcore champion. How could you do that to him? I can't believe you've done this. Uh, And um, I've read that they're making further cuts, but we don't know if that's going to be more releases or not. So, yeah. And then finally, NXT news. Uh, I the only part we watched was Adam Cole and Finn Balor, which was absolutely fucking killer. I loved that. Like I said last week, bacon, chocolate, milk and whatever. Like 
You could take any of the two of them and put them together and make something good. And they did this. But I'm just mad. I'm mad they didn't draw it out to like a takeover because Adam Cole got interviewed and literally like this would have been the defining thing of the storyline. He goes, uh, even as NXT champion and having the 403 day reign, I still constantly heard, yeah, he's a great champion but he's number two, Finn Balor's number one, and it drove me insane because I'm like, I've doubled his reign as far as number of days, and I did it in one reign. There's no question why I'm the greatest champion. And I'm like, why didn't you give this more time? Why did, there could have been, there was so much time, please. There was time now. Your your favorite bit wasn't when Rhea Ripley murdered a woman? Oh yeah, murdered her so hard she got a restraining order <laughs> against fucking Robbie E. Yeah. We uh we had to start recording right after the uh the Balor Cole match, so I didn't get to see anything else until after. Yeah. I and it just made me really want NXT to move to Tuesdays. Cuz like I said I thought last that was happening. Well, it's not been confirmed yet. They've not said anything. Like, now it's going to be back on Wednesdays, but, like, fuck, man. Like, I I love watching NXT, and I love watching AEW. Don't make me choose, you pieces of shit. Fuck you. Like, I, I didn't realize, I guess I had known it, but I forgot about the fact that the war was never NXT versus AEW. In fact, there was never a war until until WWE said we're gonna make one happen. Like I, I, it just makes me fucking frustrated. Well, even so, um, WWE has been the aggressor in all this. Like AEW has only shot back when they were shot at in this. Well, no, no, no. AEW will take shots, but AEW won't do. AEW does funny pokes at wwe wwe is like we will never reference them outside of that one Sami Zayn promo and outside of that fuck you now there are some people in aw now specifically that <laughs> did call some shots the best man but we, we i'll can't. talk about him later everything that Brody lee has done regarding his character yeah uh aw did you sneeze just now <laughs> Uh, now onto the good news, which is AEW. Apparently, it makes you wonder if Vince actually hit people with papers backstage. Yeah, <laughs> he saw Gerald Briscoe hit him with a stack of papers one time, and he's like, "I'm gonna fucking take that to AEW." Uh, AEW news: AJ almost apparently was going to be on the Dynamite premiere with the Good Brothers because the Young Bucks got interviewed on Talking Shop, and they were like. They didn't name him, but they're like, there was one guy <laughs> we talked to who was going to come in with you guys on that episode. And he was like, man, that'd be freaking fra- fantastic. Oh, my Uncle Alan? My old Uncle Alan's so going to fucking love that. And Yeah. Then he let himself get buried, literally. Yeah. I'll be honest. I, I don't. I guess AJ could have worked with AEW, but like. There are some people who work really well within WWE, and I will say, I think AJ Styles is one of them. I think he works really well within WWE. Right. I I think that there are aspects of AJ's personality that aren't really as defined when he's working with WWE than otherwise. Um, I, I, I just... I just would have loved for him to work there and win the championship. That way he could continue his his thing of being world champion, like, literally everywhere except Ring of Honor. Yeah, oh, he would have been. 
he definitely would have been. Um, or he would have fought Brody Lee and Brody would have come out and he'd be like, quit dressing like my Jesus. You're not my Jesus. You stay away. Uh, and then also, no one's allowed to say Jesus unless I get hit in the Jesus. <laughs> uh, follow up to Blake's heel of the week a while ago. So you remember when Jericho played that concert? Yeah, that uh, that rally has now been labeled as a super spreaders COVID-19 event. Super spreader, of course, being my favorite Kevin Nash movie character. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and apparently the locked. Uh, <laughs> oh, fuck. We didn't even talk about the fact Kevin Nash blocked me. Um, the governor of South Dakota. So take this with a grain of salt. Uh, disputed the findings of the study regarding the Sturgis rally. And I'm just going <laughs> to, I don't know why this does need to sound like it needed to be read by Uncle Allen or perhaps Flip Gordon, but this report ain't science. It's fiction. Under the guise of academic research, this report's nothing short of an attack on those who exercise their personal freedom to attend surges and see hit Chris Jericho band Fosse. I only have a couple of things to only a couple of things to say. One. Yeah, because you've you've let your your voice be heard on this one before. Yes, but epidemiology <laughs> is fucking. It is all about determining the spread of diseases, so people don't get diseases. Yeah, and that is what this is. But it's it's a funny thing when you get a bunch of people together that are vehemently against wearing masks in a time where there is a very like easily transmittable virus. A lot of people gonna fucking get it. And two, I did see uh, a waitress post on Twitter where she was at the Sturgis rally fucking wearing two surgical masks as bras and saying, I'm so glad I get to work like normal now. Fuck. And that was the moment that's like, is normal like better? <laughs> yeah. Um, and well, you know, so I will, in their defense, if I was a dumb politician who was stupid and had a doo-doo brain and someone said the word epidemiology to me, I would think it was a made up word made to make me feel stupid. <laughs> so God damn it. I will just a second. My roommate has a master's degree in epidemiology. He knows a lot about this shit. <laughs> yeah. And the, the number of times that I get secondhand, like, anger from people thinking they know how epidemiology works, but they don't even know what the word for it is, pisses me the fuck off. <laughs> fuck you, Sturgis. Damn it, Jericho. You can't do shit like this. You better be glad you were far away from everyone. Yeah. All right. Uh, now on to the thing everybody wants to know about. If you had infected Orange Cassidy, I would never forgive you. <laughs> well, speaking it's okay. It's okay. He he got bathed in orange juice. That has vitamin C. So that helped the immune system of everybody near him. Yeah. Oh, no, <laughs> you better be glad that man is 90% orange juice inside. No, no. That was actually the swimming pool where Zack Ryder bathed off all of his tanning lotion. So that's actually not even orange juice. Uh, yeah, all out. What would he, I've I published a forty minute video, so I will leave it to you guys to talk about your feelings on All Out. It's funny. Okay, I just want to say, starting off, that All Out shows the best of AEW and the worst of AEW. Yeah, it was a fucking roller coaster, and I think that as long as we keep that in mind, that like we can criticize the shit that we didn't like, but we have to realize there is some good shit there too. Yeah. 
Like, like MJF Mox was close to... I'll talk about my match of the night later, but, like, MJF Mox was a very fucking good match. Like, some people said, yeah, it was really slow, though, and I'm like, that's because that's how MJF wrestles. That's how you get heat. That's a meta you remember, thing. You remember the bit where he yelled into the crowd, yeah, we're gonna... Yeah, you're gonna see wrestling? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> right before he put, like, uh, Mox in a headlock? It was great. There were so that many... That was Wally had him in one. It was great. Yeah. There were so many headlocks. <laughs> Ultimate heat seeker right there. Uh, yeah, yeah that but, was... uh, I also love the way he methodically fucked up Mox's left arm in that match. Yeah. I actually would have loved if because his left arm was fucked up, he couldn't fully lock in the paradigm shift and had to do a normal right-handed DDT, <laughs> like a single underhook, and they're like, that's technically not the paradigm shift, so sorry, you lost. Yep, technically correct, the best kind of correct. Meanwhile, the way he did win was like, I, on the one hand, I agree with Scotty's sentiment that I wish he'd have found another way, but also... Fuck MJF. He should have, like, the. F- just fuck him and do the paradigm shift when the ref's back is turned. Like, MJF doesn't deserve better. That, I just love that that was the ultimate outfoxing move. It was like, oh, the you're going to try to cheat because the ref's back is turned. Anything you can do, I can do better. <laughs> Boom! My, uh, <laughs> actually, that was kind of me dying, being hoisted on my own petard because early in the match I said, wait a minute. If the ref, wait, it's it would be cheating if he hit the paradigm shift. And Blake goes, well, yeah. He can just fucking make the ref turn his back and hit the paradigm shift. And then as it happened, I went, ah, fuck, damn it. Yeah, the moment that, like, the, like, they both looked down as MJF dropped the ring and Mox looked back up, we knew what was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I didn't. I thought Mox was going to use the ring and that was going to be the hilarious cheating. But oh, I thought I thought he was gonna like stomp on the hand and like knee to face or some shit, and then lock him in a headlock. But yeah, no, that works. Um, I here was the weirdest part of the show for me, and Blake, you were there, so you can attest to this. Was like right after the Kenny Hangman FTR match, it like Kenny Omega said the words, "We need a clean slate." And then it started raining outside, and we look outside, and it was just miles of ejaculate from the Dylan. <laughs> he was just so happy. <laughs> yeah, we I I did get it tested, and Dylan, we do know it was you, but like I I'm not gonna judge. <laughs> it got all the way up to up to us from Florida. It's okay. It burst through the top of the house like Hitchcock, like Hitchcock, <laughs> just destroyed it. Uh huh. Listen, man. I'm really excited about that, but, like, while the match was going, I was still pulling for them. Like, holy shit, they might actually, like, this might not... That's the thing I love about AEW. You're like, we know what the storyline is. It's like New Japan, where you're like, yeah, they're gonna win. And then about halfway through the match, you're like, fuck, I might be wrong. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And then you, you sit there shitting your pants because of your prediction. Yeah. Well, no, we all had the same thing. The only one I lost on was the one we all lost on, which was the Nightmare Family beating the Dark Order, which in retrospect I should have seen coming, but I was too blinded by my uh, devotion to Evil Uno. Yeah. I'm very interested in the Evil Uno-Cult Cabana pairing. I actually really like that. Well, no, the, I'm pretty sure the, the storyline with it is like, so um, Brody Lee is just a complete psychopath, and like... 
Evil Uno knows this, but Evil Uno's like fucking Stockholm Syndrome. So Evil Uno acts like the mom with the abusive father. Oh, yeah. And, and, and like is just the one that like is like, yeah, no, it's it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be that's why he pulled that's why he pulled Colt up. He's just like, hey, it'll be it'll be fine. Like he is the like, you know, the peacekeeper. And then he gets hit in the head with papers. It's great. Uh then- Oh, um going back to uh Hangman Kenny for a second. Uh, their fucking dual interviews on Dynamite this week. Oh, I just want to uh, somebody. Oh, so good. It's too much to go into for the both of the interviews, but like, um, somebody on Reddit put it the best. They said that Hangman is still trying to hold on. Kenny has already moved on. Yeah, that's what it is. And that is it's it's literally Hangman has been trying his best to keep his friend group together, and then just lost them. Every step of the way. He's a lonely, anxious millennial cowboy, and he's just trying to find friends in this crazy world we call wrestling, and it's fucked him every ounce of the way. The moment that he said, I am poison, broke my heart. It actually made me almost cry for a wrestling character. Yeah. So, um, weird thing about that... So, like, it started off like a good match, but did you feel like the bit that kind of killed it was in the middle where they, like, went old school and targeted the body part? It went insatiably long. Like, it went far too long. Like, I- Well, like, no, once they, once it picked back up, the, like, it got slow for, like, one-fourth. Yeah, and I'm saying, if you had cut out, if you had cut out that fourth, it would have been a perfect match length. It would have been very but good. They, but they needed that fourth to build the last half of the match, which was, like, Kenny trying to, like, Kenny, especially the end moment where Kenny literally couldn't stop the pin breakup because he didn't have a leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And I think, Scotty, you were the one that called the, um... The V-trigger? The the V-trigger miss. Yeah, 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 And I think that was about halfway through the match. And then it almost happened, and then it did happen. Yeah, yeah, I just... I did like that Hangman kicked out of, uh, one fucking brain... Like brain shatter first. Yeah. Like he got hit with that and did it. It was just like that's heart right there. Yeah. yeah. I, I loved I like it for the match that it was, but just in general, I was like, guys, I know y'all lost some time because of that Matt Hardy thing, but like, come on, we don't have to stretch it that much farther. Like, I understand Hangman's got heart and I love it, but still. Um So with Do we want to talk about that yet or save it? We'll save that for the end, I think, for the end of the discussion. Uh the thing that killed the whole vibe of all out. Yeah, I, I liked it was an alright match. It just went so fucking long. And I feel like it suffered from Young Buck syndrome, which is do everything and go as hard in the pain as you motherfucking can. And at some point, I know there's a story being told, but fuck it. It doesn't matter. Young Bucks. Which is ironic because the Young Bucks match did not do that. Yeah. All hail the return of the, the heel Young Bucks and the super kick party on Alex Marvez's face. I, I believe this is the this was the match where we were trying to figure out what we wanted to eat for dinner. So this is the one I did not pay that much attention to. So you guys oh, you have missed fun. the fuck out. You missed the fuck out. This was this was prime PWG Young Bucks, but as heavyweights. It was. Did you at least see the part where Matt where Matt destroyed fucking marco stuff oh yeah yes that was that was every that was i didn't know how much i wanted it until it happened marco stunt exists to die yeah he's like harry potter so yeah it's 
It's so great, though. I'm so happy that's the job he has. And it was, um, it was a very good match. Like, I think it is, it was overshadowed by later matches in the card, and especially the thing we're going to talk about that everybody knows about. Um, but like, it was a good, solid early match, too. Uh, let me see. Other matches, uh, Swole versus Baker, I thought was good, but it was, they tried to add too much shit. They're like, Brit's, Brit's a psycho. Wait, no, she's just kind of, She's kind of funny. Wait, also, we've got a weird comedic element. Whatever. Yeah, uh, Scotty and I were, like, sitting there. It felt like, it felt attitude era. That was why I could, like, get behind. I could go along with it. Because I could see where it was going. It felt like, it felt very much like, you remember the, the uh, Stone Cold and Booker T in the supermarket? Yeah. I got vibes of that. I just, I feel like they wanted to include something cool in the beginning, so they did, oh, she might be a psycho, there is blood on the ground, and then just no follow-through with it. Outside of the fact where she did stab herself with a real-ass needle. <laughs> it already had all the stuff out of it. <laughs> the stuff. Wait, that was, Wait no, that it was, was plunged probably... open. That means there's air in it. That's even No, worse. no, no, it was already completely closed. Oh, by the time it went in? Okay, okay. So that works um, then. But um, by the way, you did call the the nitrous yes as the knockout. You did, but I called it right that it would be swole. Yes, dun 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 swole. And you know, at the end of the day, that's what gets you the points. And you know, we did also call Baker trying to drill out one of her teeth. What we did not call was her using a fucking power drill to do it. <laughs> And you said there was no evidence she was a psychopath. Yeah. Um, so that was good. Uh, Dark Order versus Baby Faces. Fuck it. Whatever. Battle Royal was all right. I thought Evan Bourne was a good... Uh, fuck. Matt Seidel was a good entrant. Because it's like, oh, he's cool to have here, but he ain't winning. <laughs> he was such a good entrant. And I feel like I felt bad in my heart for the fact that the first move that he got up to do, he slipped off the turn, like onto the turnbuckle. Which, which he has never done. I've never seen him do it before, too. By the way, good on Will Hobbs. Will Hobbs, great addition to the AEW roster. First thing he did, checked on him. Was like, you, you could see, too. He was like, holy shit, you okay, man? You okay? Also, Will Hobbs. Will Hobbs fucking like going toe to toe with like Brian Cage and shit. Yeah, that was Hobbs. Hobbs was a surprise that like I was more confused about, but he like he he brought it. Yeah. Also, Darby Allen died. I don't know if we want to talk about that. Sins. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, In a bag full of tax. My thing is like people were like Matt Cardona came out pretty unscathed compared to the other two mats, and I'm like, no, he didn't. He dissolved and became a pool of mimosa outside. (laughs) um although i will say that once again it surprised me how jacked matt cardona is yeah um uh, cassidy versus jericho i was relatively dead for like i i should have been excited to see that man fall into a vat of of champagne and orange juice but i kind of just didn't care at that point you were um i I think you were right on the money by saying that should not have been a co-main event match because it was so far into the pay-per-view that that one was like what the fuck are we gonna do well i think what it is and i actually while researching stuff for how to fix all out i realized probably why they did it and it's because the whole storyline has been built around jericho saying i made orange cassidy a main eventer 
he is a main event player now, but now the experiment is ended. So, like, this was going to be his final somewhat main event. And that's Mimosas. It also, like you said, Scotty, when we were watching, it must have been hell to fucking clean up. Yeah, yeah. Um, And now I guess we got to talk about the final one. The match that killed all out. Oh, also Hikaru Shida and Thunder oh, no, Rosa. No, 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 no. We'll, we'll get to We'll fucking get to that one. Um, yeah, no, it's just... Fuck, it literally sucked the air out of the whole show. Like, Boss Maz on Twitter put it correctly, and they're like, the vibe is off. The vibe's entirely off for the whole show. Someone fixed the vibe. Yeah, because it was... Okay, so... Let's just get into it. Sammy Matt fucking he's third speared him off the thing I, yeah two so, minutes into the match or something so so here's the thing I, i've i've thought back about it i don't know if the tables were too close or the scissor lift was too high yeah it could i could have been either of them it also could have been the fact that this could have been fucking pre-taped and they put shit underneath them to make it because like even here's the thing even if they didn't if he didn't crack his head on concrete, that's still a fucking terrifying bump to take. Like, I mean, yes, but it's also Matt Hardy. So, yeah, it's Matt Hardy. Also, look at Sammy. Sammy walked up right away. Yeah, Matt. I okay. So the problem it was a flat back bump. Yeah, and the fact that like his head was part of that flat back um, because and his head overshot the table more than a lot more than it should have and uh, it well. The the worst is when you do do a flat back bump, like you're supposed to curl your head in. Like that's the reason why the Styles Clash murders people is because people are trained to curl their head in. Meaning that Matt hit and then Matt's head hit. Like that's even worse. Yes, because all of that momentum is transferred to your head, and it fucking sucks. Um, although, okay, I I, I would like to hold on. I, and I know they shouldn't have continued it, but props to fucking Matt Hardy, because, yes, he was out of it for, like, ten seconds. Yeah. No, 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 he was down for a legitimate minute. Oh, really? Brian Alvarez counted it. Okay. Well, but but when he finally did get back up, he went right back into it. Like, he fu- I don't know if he was running on autopilot or what, but Matt Hardy, <laughs> Matt Hardy was like, I will delete you! I will take you out! And that, that's the moment I'm like, is this part of the match? <laughs> I think the fact that, like, he was trying to cut his quasi-promo was him, like, trying to telegraph, I'm okay. Yeah. Um, because, like, I don't know if you've ever had, like, the wind knocked out of you. Um, it sucks. Yeah, it sucks, and it also like fucking destroys you for a moment. But then again, like seeing him stand up, it, he was having a legitimate hard time. At least I don't know if he was selling or not. Um, but fuck, from see- after seeing that bump and after seeing him, like if I was him, I would not have sold that. If I was okay, I would have like not sold that to actually communicate. I'm not concussed. Yeah, yeah. But- I, it, it was just a fucking shit show from the moment that he hit, and it sh- should not have continued. But if he was, he, they checked him out, and they said that he didn't have a concussion. So, fuck. I mean, he did, according to Reby Hardy. Anyone could have seen that he had a fucking concussion. She deleted her tweet later. Oh yeah, uh, and wh- she doesn't normally delete her tweets unless she is 
corrected. Yeah, she usually, I, I believe they they announced he didn't have a concussion, and then she was like, he fuck. they're still doing tests. We do not know. And I understand she is coming from a, a wife's perspective of like, I told him not to do nothing stupid, and then the motherfucker within the first five seconds fell off a fucking scissor lip. So I understand the fury she's coming from, but like, I did, did I don't think he said anything about a concussion on Dynamite, did he? No, he just said that he was going to make a full recovery, and he was going to take some time off for his health. Yeah, I think that um, in the moment, though, Aubrey was right. Tony was right. They both said to stop the match, and Matt said no. But they should have like, made him... And, like, everybody is like, you should have put your foot down. And I was like, what are you going to do, drag Matt Hardy off? Good luck. And, Good luck. Who's going who's gonna, to who's gonna drag him, Aubrey? Yeah, and then with a possible concussion, the motherfucker climbed up. Um, I literally yelled. I literally yelled, no, 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 no. I was so terrified because, like, uh, at the very, like, after he pushed Sammy off, I was like, Matt just climbed down. Matt climbed down right now, sir. Really? My thought was, how is Matt going to climb down? Yeah. Uh, or, or my thought, which is, is he about to fucking jump on him? <laughs> I, I really thought he was going to do the leg drop. I really did. Yeah. Um. Also, that was such an anticlimactic ending because it was clearly just a bunch of cardboard underneath that. Yeah, well, I think it was their moment of being like, we got a lot of shit set up around this ring that's supposed to explode. What's going to be the easiest way to end it quickly? Ah, <laughs> uh, just drop me. I feel bad because I'm sure that match was going to be, like, fucking awesome. Yeah, there was going to be some buck wild shit, I'll bet. And, like, I'm, like, Matt even said it himself. It wasn't what I wanted it to be. Which means, if Matt Hardy says that, and that means I was gonna fucking ride a camel over <laughs> Sammy's body. <laughs> I have found a way to clone myself, but you didn't get to see that, so fuck it. <laughs> uh, let, so the thing is, is that like out of all of this, all you can say is that at least you know Sammy like tried. Yeah, I don't blame him at all for what happened because, like, looking back, I was like, "There's no way from where he hit that move." That that could have gone any differently. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's not Sammy's fault at all. Yeah. Uh, but now... But, he, but I'm sure he feels like shit. <laughs> oh, I, absolutely. After something bad happens, and that... Well, uh, Matt Hardy has been cursed in AEW. He debuts to an empty arena, and then his first big storyline not involving the Elite gets cut short because of Sammy. Sammy returns, and then Matt dies. It's just a rough go for him. Yep. And it, I think that is half the reason why people were so critical of All Out. Probably most of the reason, because if you see somebody get possibly concussed, you're going to be like, it's irresponsible to keep the match going. Yeah. And, like, I, I, I kind of want to know more, but I also don't. Like, I do want to know whose call it was. Because if I remember correctly, it was Tony. Because Tony was like... Well, the doctor came to me, like, because uh, commentary blatantly said, like, Matt said he was okay, and then later reneged and said, we wouldn't just have let him keep going if Matt said he was okay, a doctor cleared him, and then everyone on Twitter at once went, you need to fire the doctor. And then it turns out that after medical testing, the doctor wasn't 100% wrong. Yeah. Allegedly. Uh, allegedly. Uh, now on to what's going to be... The 
the most uh, the most arduous thing I think any of us has ever had to do, and it's predict this year's G one. Holy fuck! What? Hey, wait, 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 wait. Did you literally just not talk about the women's title match? Bud, look at my baby face. No, no, no. I want to talk about it now. No. <laughs> I'm giving it a whole segment. All right, fine. Uh, yeah, no, the G1 the G1 is is uh so like ever since Hi Blake, you want to back away from the camera? No, no, no. First of all, boys, I've got a secret. Oh, he's got his core. He's got his core. I'll be honest. You might be the best bet because I I brought out the spreadsheet, and even with the spreadsheet, I was staring like I'm not gonna fucking win. And it's also because I'm booking Suzuki to win the G1, so uh, <laughs> I'm kind of fucked. I want I want a copy of that spreadsheet. Um, yeah, um, I don't know. I'm gonna book something like crazy. Yeah, <laughs> by just so, flipping so, a coin. So what are what are the blocks, Dylan? Uh, fuck! I have to I have to look them up. The thing is, is that, and I I I thought back on it, and the reason I had such a hard time last year, like a really hard time, is that last year was the first time that they didn't use any of the uh, quote unquote New Japan dads. Oh yeah, and so I it became very difficult for me to predict who the middle of the pack people were going to be. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I got, I got like the upper ones, but like everything below like fourth, I was fucked. So you were better at that. Yeah. With, with me this year, I think the worst ones I was doing was predicting who Yano would be. And I was going like, that guy's mid Carter. Yano's going to lose. Okada. Yano's going to beat him. Mid Carter, Yano loses. Naito, Yano beats him. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, A Block is. It's impossible. It's impossible to predict. Kota Ibushi, Jeff Cobb. Okay, he's not winning. Okada, Ishii, uh, British wanker Will Ospreay, uh, Shingo Takagi, uh, your boy Suzuki, Tai Chi, Jay White, and then, uh, pulling up the rear, Yujiro Takahashi. Um, yeah, someone was like, "They got the wrong." We needed Takahashi. a ten. That feels like a that feels like a Craigslist. We needed a ten. <laughs> yeah. B block is like all of the misfits, where it's Tanahashi, Juice, Goto, Yano, Yoshihashi, Naito, Sonata, Zack Saber Jr., Kenta, and Evil. Yeah, that one's like that one's honestly. I have like two and two on each side. Where I was like, oh, okay, very likely. But there, yeah, I've got a, I've got a few that I would like to see, like as as the uh, the finals. Like, like I said, Jay versus Evil would be fun. Two leaders going against one another, and then um, honestly, Tanahashi Ibushi. But they've been there so many times that I'm like, I I can't do that. I can't. I guarantee you, this will be the year that Tanahashi goes like four and five. Yeah. Which is, and then I put, uh, I put fucking Kenta as, as my B block winner because I'm like, ah, fuck it, whatever. Okay, I mean, yeah. Listen, maybe. man. Listen, man. I want to advise you, but I also want the ten points. So it's, it's five, but yes, I understand. No, no, no. It translates to ten. <laughs> <laughs> five ain't enough. I need ten. When translated to yen from American points, it's ten now. Yeah, the uh, um, I mean, to be fair, the the G one climax has uh, led to the victory 
of the last two winners of the prediction series. Yeah. So it's because that's not- the reason why you. No, I didn't. Oh, no, that was the- yeah, yeah. I I blew a I blew a five point lead. Yeah, you blew a five point lead. So it led to that, and then it also led to my m- miraculous uh, on the last day win of two years ago. Yeah. God. And I've already resigned myself that I'm not gonna be in contention. But if I do get those five points, I'd be back. Now, I, w- I, I do. I would like to refer to Dylan's victory as the miracle on Bourbon Street a couple of years ago. <laughs> oh, but uh, any any more G one talks, or do I? Need was, to that talk was the about- miracle in Madison Square Garden. No, no, no. Wait, that was last year. Yeah. So, do I need to talk about Patreon right now, or no? Patreon.com slash a load of BS, the website where you can support us, get access to exclusive content like Wrestling History X, the first version I ever did of How to Fix, where I fixed SummerSlam, because unlike All Out, that one actually did need a little bit of a, a hand in fixing. And also, watch me and Blake react to old episodes of JWF War. They're really, really fucking bad, and you get to see me and Blake as college babies. And you can get it at Patreon.com slash a load of BS. So, who are we annoying on Twitter now? I don't know. You want to you want to tweet at Luther and call his uh, his new shirt design? Uh, what was it? A local indie fed T shirt? Well, I can't. No. <laughs> Look. Put your money where your mouth is. If it was anybody that wouldn't show up to my house with a knife and stab me, I would. Oh, Luther! Luther's no, no. I listened to his interview. Luther's a a good guy, but like you could totally, you should totally tweet that at him. No, fuck you. If I can find the shirt design, and if Luther tweeted it, I will. He did. Okay, good. <laughs> Sick indie fed design, bro. When are you starting your e-fed? I'm gonna die. <laughs> I, th- I genuinely thought you were gonna be like, Luther wouldn't show up with a knife. He'd have a sword. He'd have a full-on samurai sword. Uh... I couldn't think of anyone else. Yeah. You're a bit, you, you dig, uh, okay, that's right, because they're dark boys. I was like, why is Dylan loving them so much? All right. Oh, no, it's it's because it's the most random pairing. Yeah. I have a, I have a love for, for the misfits of AEW, you know, like Lee Johnson. It was during, uh, actually his Serpentico's match against, uh, Janela that I realized how weird it is that there are two masked snake men. There's Ophidian and then there's Serpentico. I'm like, okay, wait, hold on. Now it's a little bit too close for comfort. But I think Ophidian retired, so he picked up the mantle. Serpentico picked up the mantle from him. Uh, now- Also, Serpentico has sweet merch. Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, now onto our heels and baby faces of the week. Blake, yours is gonna be the most heavy. You want to main event this one? I get. I I don't have a lot to say. I'm just I, like I, gonna. I, I think we all will, though. Yeah, I'm just gonna air my frustration, so we can all air our frustrations on my heel. Okay. Well, my heel of the week is a man whose lifeblood is A E W. A man who eats, sleeps, shits, and breathes the professional wrestling business. A man who makes it his job to put on the best show every night. Will never be taken out for any reason. And he, oh, he's now on a a shitty TNT show. Oh, uh uh-oh, whoops, uh uh-oh. What's up, Cody? How you doing, bud? I thought 
thought you were the uh, the guy who was always going to be there and always have a real good time. Instead, you decided to get written off to do a show with fucking Snoop Dogg and Rosario Dawson and Burt Kreischer. The machine took Cody away. I mean, that sounds pretty good, though. I just... Sounds fun. I, I, well, and it's worse because during the... Hold main on, of hold the- on. Scotty, Scotty, do you, do you hear that? Do you hear that in the distance? It's him collecting that sweet Turner money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, him buying a second unnecessary truck. <laughs> but yeah, it was, and it was worse because during the Brody uh, Dustin match, where once again you see Dustin Rhodes like he's avenging his brother Cody, his brother Cody, who Mister Brody Lee destroyed and killed, basically. And I mean, then they're like, that shit's pre-taped. Yeah, but then, it's not like it's a live game show. Yeah, well, no, no, no. That's what they're saying. He is off TV for this. They are filming this, so I hate it. But they, uh, they, they said, uh, they said, and then after this match, where this man is avenging the loss of his brother Cody, Cody will be returning, and he has an announcement. And I'm like, oh fuck yeah, Cody's gonna come back. Or maybe Cody will come out and attack Brody. Or attack Dustin. Turn heel. Cody's gonna do something cool. And then Cody literally cuts an epic promo. Fireballs are shooting around him as he's like, I'm a man who likes to go all in on this business. I like to go big. Which is why you can find me on TBS with fucking Burt Kreischer. Fuck you, I'm Cody. Okay, for a second I, I, I stopped paying attention and I thought you were fantasy booking something else. <laughs> Cody versus Burt Kreischer in the main event of Full Gear. S- Snoop Dogg referees. Yeah, exactly. All right, I want One, you to. Mother- two. <laughs> <laughs> That's the shitty thing about Snoop Dogg referee. <laughs> Cody hits him with the crossroads. Snoop Dogg. One, two, three, and to the phone. Snoop Doggy <laughs> Dog. This is not the time, Snoop. I'm having to win. <laughs> Snoop, I gotta win, man. Snoop, I'm trying so hard. Oh, also, we didn't talk about this, but apparently there's gonna be, there might be two Dynamites next next week, is what they're saying, because apparently they filmed an hour-long one that was gonna run alongside the NBA game, and then if that didn't work, they had a two-hour show, so I guess if it just fucks up, we'll have two AEWs next week. We did get, like, three AEW Darks in seven days, and that was sweet. Oh, yeah. And the the card for next week is stacked. Uh, Moxley and Archer have a segment. Thunder Rosa is defending her title, the NWA women's title, against Ivelisse. Fuck yeah. Best Friends versus Santana and Ortiz in the match they booked in fucking March. FTR Jurassic Express. Hangman Page versus Kaz MJF. It's gonna be very, very good, and I'm excited to talk about it. Oh! We completely forgot to even mention that AEW, this last week's episode, had a million, something special. A million, a million, a million, a million, million. Oh, I thought you were talking about the million. They got a million oh, viewers. I was, but you know what? I'm going to save that, actually. Okay. Uh, now, Dylan, who is your heel of the week? So, unfortunately, uh, speaking about all that, and speaking of the pay-per-view, during the entire, uh, the entire time, something felt... Something felt off. Not the, the vibe, but something felt um, like wrong, felt like it wasn't quite up. And I realized it's the fact that JR is on commentary. <laughs> because after months of listening to like all of the online stuff for AEW, I realized that any other combination 
of their like team that does not include Jim Ross is superior. Yeah. He adds nothing to it except for that weird, like creepy, uh, like King segment where he's like, is that a wardrobe malfunction? Up, oh, just wishful thinking. Yeah. And, uh, apparently he responded to that by making the worst apology you could possibly make in that situation. I please, can I not hear about this? Well, it does involve a cowboy hat and an emoji. A cowboy hat emoji and a tongue sticking out emoji. That's fine. That's enough. Um, <laughs> as long as you didn't have a peach after, that's it's, fine. It says, didn't mean to offend anyone on the wardrobe malfunction line. He tweeted this during the show, by the way. Weak attempt at humor. Sorry. Now lighten up. Fuck you, JR. God damn it. On the one hand, but no, my entire thing is replace JR with Taz, and I would appreciate the show more. Yeah. No, no, no doubt. Yeah. He and then is replace there. Taz with, uh, oh my god, I forgot her name. Oh, uh, uh. Veda Scott on Dark. Give me Veda Scott and Excalibur every week, please. Oh, fuck yeah, that'd be great. Um, yeah, I, I. He is there to draw in the people who watch WCW and are like, I remember him. That's why he's there. You mean WWF? Because the WCW people are there for Tony Schiavone, who's a goddamn workhorse, and I love him. <laughs> yes. Protect Tony, Tony Schiavone at all costs. Tony did was doing his best, too, because he did so many hours of, like, just talking. Yes. Yeah. The pina colada party boy himself, Tony Schiavone, the man who we would all love to go to a bar with. Oh, fuck me. I want to go to a bar and have him tell me, like, just old fed, like, yeah. stories. All right. Tell me about the early days you worked at WCW. Okay, Blakey T, it's your turn. Ah, fuck. Right. Now, for, hold on. First, let me give you a little bit of a, like, a little aperitif. Something to cleanse the appetite before we get into this. When PW Insider did um, announce that there was another round of WWE cutbacks coming, um, Nia Jax did say on Twitter, answer the phone, dream, heart emoji. <laughs> um, gonna quickly skip ahead to say Nia Jax, definitely a baby face of the week for that. Mm-hmm. Okay, but my heel, though, is just WWE, because this fucking kind of sucks outside of the NXT bubble, as per usual. Yeah. Oof. I, I mean, it's just been rough, like, over the last week or two. And the fucking Vince's cameo shit nonwithstanding, um, I don't know. Like, uh, the, and the one thing that got me was, um, Stephanie coming out in an interview. Um, Scotty sent me this and saying, like, in, no uncertain terms, but still vague. We can't actually do this, so... Yeah, she ba she basically looked and said, Hey, uh, this actually benefits us because they draw in more people by using their brand and their audiences, and they come to us to see them fight. It's a kind of important that we let them have this. Yes, and I think this just... This demonstrates just how out of touch Vince is with the world today, in general. Um, because him trying to put the snuff on that is more him trying to 
God, what's the word I'm looking for? Keep his workers in a state of near servitude. Yeah. Even though they're contractors. But he does own their names. He owns their names, Blake. They they did report that that was a that was a, a false a false story. Yeah. yeah. Um which is great because if he did say that like it would have made it 10 times worse and it was already pretty bad to begin with. And apparently Lana Apparently, because Creed did a Twitch stream last night playing the Avengers, it was very nice, and he was talking about it, and he goes, I think I'm good? He goes, I think the thing is I can't take brand deals, like, I think that has to come through the company, and that- I, Are you just trying to fuck on Oscar Vince with her <laughs> fucking cup of noodles? <laughs> and so, uh, apparently, that a lot of people said it was because of Lana, who was accused of being the straw that broke the camel's back. Because she made an Instagram brand deal with Bang Energy Drink, which motherfucker, rain is better, just get rain. That is true. And, uh... Miami Cola slaps, you can suck a dick. What's Miami Cola? That sounds so fucking... Is that some Florida shit? No, that's the fucking, like, Bang has, like, a cola version. Like, a cola flavor. No, and it oh, slaps. We, we don't get that. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think we get that. Well, we don't get Bang because the owner of Bang is an asshole. So we're like, we're not. But I love Lana's tweet about it. I am not the straw that broke the camel's back. You know who you are, and that is false. But thank you for writing about me, all of you. I am your escape goat. <laughs> not scapegoat! A scapegoat, which sounds like the best D&D item of all time. Have you ever heard of the uh, the bone apple tea phenomenon? Yeah. <laughs> that is That is what happened here, isn't it? We got to see one be made. I know. <laughs> this battle's getting tough for you guys. You're all below zero HP. What do you do? I pull out my escape goat and we all ride off on it. <laughs> Oh god. I love when people pronounce like phrase or mispronounce phrases in a completely ridiculous but hilarious way. Yeah. But yeah, yeah it's just, fine. Fuck, man. Like so many of these people, especially now because they don't get house show revenue, they've got to find ways to make extra dosh and Twitch cameo like motherfucker, you could pry cameo out of Big East cold dead hands. He is not going to give up cameo that easily. Man's making six figures. Yeah. yeah, there are plenty of people who have said that they're not giving their shit up. Like, oh, I mean, Paige, who Paige is... was fucking straight up like, y'all can go to hell. I'm not giving up Twitch. I mean, I bet Paige makes enough money off of Twitch that she's like, she she does. She she yeah. she, she has simp money. She have you have you seen the breakdown of her channel? No, no, no. Like, the amount of money she makes, which is, like, six figures, all of her Twitch streams, thousand viewers. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's absolutely no way I would give that up for, like, because WWE told me to. She has, like, 18,000 subscribers. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, 17,000 gifted. I, I would, like, there's no possible way that I would give that up. It's just, okay, what are the odds that Vince does not know about the fact of the Twitch affiliate program and the fact that they make money no matter what through Twitch? And he's like... Um, 105%. Yeah. Absolutely. He's like, those YouTubers make money? Wait, what? No, surely not. 
All right, let's get to better things. Let's get to our baby faces of the week. And since Dylan wanted to talk about it, we will discuss mine. And it's Thunder fucking Rosa, who in one match became my favorite female wrestler. Holy shit, she's fantastic. She ha- she's got the confidence. She's got the look. She's got the attitude in the ring. Like, she was phenomenal. Like, that was my match of the night. I loved that match 110%. With the exception of the bit where you almost thought she might die. Yeah, that one was bad, but outside that of that... meteora spot six inches from the stairs? Yeah. Oh, fuck. I forgot yeah, about I that. I mean, you said <laughs> after that spot happened, Scotty, if she was any taller, she would have been dead. Yeah. <laughs> if she was wearing heels to the ring, she'd be fucking dead right now. But yeah, I, I, I just... She's so good. She honestly has the charisma and confidence of a rock in my opinion. And that's going hard in the paint, I know. But, like, compared to most of the AEW women's roster, it is light years beyond them. No offense to all of them, because they're all great. But they're well, all, she's like... Just, they're yeah, like she's miss- just a wonderful talent, too. Yeah, they're, like, all missing one thing. Like, just one what thing. What is missing? Big Swole, um... I don't know. I'm not in ring. I'm not that intrigued. But then again, I've not seen a lot of in ring swole. So I have. <laughs> Dylan's <laughs> like I watch dark. I have. I have. I know what every all the people you're like. I don't know what they. I know because <laughs> I watch the show where they actually wrestle. Yeah, I feel like a lot of that was like it was a chance for swole to put on a clinic to give like. To give a little bump of N- to NWA too, and to the fact that she is uh, phenomenal in ring, and also, I don't know what it is, but when there is a wrestler that screams in a language that I can't understand, but I can understand exactly what they're saying because of their attitude when they're screaming it, it really, really like it gets across to me. They communicate to me, even though I have no idea what's going on. And that's what Rosa does. I'm also slowly realizing something. And it's the fact that Dylan can start making up wrestler names and come and be like, Y'all gotta see Greg Denton on Dark this week? He was fucking phenomenal. And you'd be like, yeah, Greg Denton. He's one of my favorites. (laughs) Hit him with Uh, a Greg bomb, baby. Take him out. Black Baron is a wrestler that wrestled on Dark. Am I lying or not? (laughs) (laughs) That's a fucking... (laughs) That's a legitimate question, boys. (laughs) I'm gonna say... Yes, because of how easily you pulled out the name Black Baron. I'm going to say yes, he is a real wrestler. Uh, I'm going to say no, because you probably pulled that from some other obscure place and just wanted to fuck on us. He's like, sure, I do think that is the name of a comic book villain, but it is man that in a very, like, who came out in a crown, a very shitty crown, <laughs> and wrestled on Dark twice. Okay, good. <laughs> This is going to be our new reoccurring segment, Dylan giving us AEW Dark Wrestlers and seeing if we can guess if they're real or not. All right, uh, Blakey T, who's your bait? Right, no, 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 Dylan, because Blake's is very good. Oh, wait, also Money Plane. Money Plane, baby. That's my baby phase of the week. So, it was a terrible uh, movie. Don't watch it. If you want to see Edge fly a fucking plane for 30 minutes and then get saved by a drone with a gun duct tape to it, money plane. 
I just realized, like, Edge, the featured person that you're going to get all of your wrestling fans in, he does almost absolutely <laughs> nothing! If you want to hear Kelsey Grammer say, You want to watch a man fucking alligator? Money Plane! Watch Money Plane. Can you just, can you just snip that one segment out and show it to me? Because that doesn't feel like it's worth the rest of the movie. But it is the only thing I want. There's one great moment where he's screaming at Edge because Edge finally realizes his evil plot and he goes, I'm gonna take down the money plane. Now get me my money. And I'm like, you mean the money that's on the money plane that you just said you were gonna take down and destroy? You've not worked out this plan yet so far, Frazier. Yeah, so, uh, oh, gosh. So over the course of, let's see here, three appearances over the course of uh, All Out yesterday, and then uh, he was on AEW Unrestricted, the podcast, uh, Eddie Kingston has been, like, maybe even somehow more endearing as a performer and person uh, than I thought possible, because his performance at All Out was great. Uh, especially at the end there where he kept kicking Jake. Get that snake away from me! <laughs> Get that o-. He, like, looking at, at like, uh, at, at Lance, like, you're not gonna get me. Motherfucking old man! As Jake was, like, taking the bag that I hope did not have a real snake in it and just whapping him with it? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was great. It's a great segment. Uh, then he came out and spent, like, five minutes trying to get Penta and uh, Phoenix... Uh, to get on the same page together. And, like, he was just... Yeah. Oh, and then he he called out Blade. He was like, where's your wife? Where's your wife? Oh, no, no. He called him out both because he was like, where's your little British friend? He's not here. Hey, Blade. Blade, where's your wife? She's not here. I'm here. <laughs> it's like, ooh. It just, it reminded me of, like... Jorts, too. Oh, yeah. It reminded me of when I was, like... And this is going to be a shocking sentence. When I was, like, in the hardcore scene... Like, the dudes who were the de facto, quote-unquote, leaders of, like, little punk groups. That's the kind of attitude they'd be. He's like, that's your brother over there. You go hug your brother. We're big strong. Like, I can't wait for them to be called, like, the Green Street Hooligans or some shit. Like, Oh, also, uh, he wrestled a match on Dark. Guess who against? Black Baron. No, no, no. Oh, wait, was it? Was it your favorite? Yeah, it was against Lee Johnson. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking wait, fucking wait, wait. stars wait, a lot. Did, did he win? <laughs> no, he's 0-15 now. <laughs> he's only behind the Captain Sean Dean, who I believe is overall like 0-18. Yeah. But uh, yeah, also, uh, Back Fist to the Future is a thing. Oh, uh, fuck. That, that is still is. They don't call it that, which is a shame because it's the best fucking name for it. Also... Through the advent of uh, AEW cameras, I was finally able to figure out how he manages to do that move without murdering somebody. Oh, really? And it's it's that he releases the fist at the very last moment. Like, he holds it all the way through, and then in, like, the last f- four inches, he lets it go, so you just get hit with the back of the hand. Okay. God damn, that is, that is timing right yeah. there. And he's been doing that move for at least a decade and a half. But, uh, yeah. He is just, and then on under six, it was like a lot. It was a lot like the the Jericho one, but just hearing him bullshit with Tony Schiavone and hearing Tony Schiavone like 
<laughs> call someone a son of a bitch. I don't know if you've lived to hear that, but my God. Yeah, yeah. Like, just hearing hearing Eddie Kingston and Tony Schiavone ball bust each other, Audrey Edwards dropping F-bombs. It was a great 50 minutes. But, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, no, Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston has all my support uh, going forward. I hope he faces Omega after Omega kills Moxley because I deserve that. Oh, so he deserves your support now. No, I still I still see I still want to see Moxley versus Kingston. I want to see that fucking death brawl happen. <laughs> God damn. You can. That'll be how they determine the person to fight Omega. Yeah. Either that or um so wait, uh, so I do you think they're going to stretch Archer all the way out to What? No, they're not. No, it's October. It's October 14th on the anniversary of Dynamite where Archer loses. Yeah. And then Omega, and then Omega takes it at full gear. No, no, no. I would hold Omega Hangman all the way to full gear, and I would do... No, no, no. Omega, oh, oh, Hangman is who takes it off Omega. Oh, okay. So, wait, you wouldn't have them fight, period? No. Why would they fight now? Because Kenny's a, a mean, mean man, and he wants no, no, no. to Kenny do Kenny and things. Omega aren't, I, or Kenny and Omega aren't going to fight. Kenny and Hangman aren't going to fight right now. The way that this is going, from what, like, because it looks like there's not going to be a blowout. It is just going to be a simmer, and it, they're going to fade out the team, and they're going to have the match later. Yeah. Okay. Slow burn. And then, and then two years later, or like, yeah, almost two years later, Hangman's going to get to be the champion, and everybody's going to lose their shit. I love, oh, I love Dylan how- understands <laughs> AEW long-term booking now. No, my favorite part about this is how Dylan was like, man, I can't I fucking hate the FTRs getting the title. They're going to hold it for like a year. And then just fantasy booked. I'm going to give Kenny Omega the title for like two years straight. Oh, no, no, I'm saying that double or nothing. Hangman probably wins it. Oh, okay, okay. But it'll be, I'm saying it'll be almost two years since his first time where he lost it. Oh, though they okay. could hold it, for, though though Omega could hold it from full gear all the way to fucking all out. I don't know. They're letting Moxley have a reign that long. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Moxley is the longest reigning uh, AEW champ now. Yeah, and he's also the youngest, uh, taking that title away from Chris Jericho, who was, of course, uh, at one point the youngest AEW champion, <laughs> and the oldest, and the first. <laughs> And the shortest reign and longest reign. Longest reign. Yep. But now just the shortest. Yeah. All right, Blake. There you go. Blake, crank it up. Crank it up. Listen, y'all, let me tell you something. Something, a miracle happened on Dynamite this week. It was the second or third highest ratings they've had since their debut episode. Over one million viewers. One million. One hundred. One hundred thousand. One hundred thousand. That's not a million, but still. And it is only, it is all because of one man. Yeah. I mean, the weirdest thing, the weirdest thing about this, this rating spike is it happened on a certain day. No, no, no. Hold on. Shut up. <laughs> no, no, shut the Don't fuck up. Don't take this from him. He, he, he did call this. Yes. Uh, but it was one man and it. It is the best man. The greatest man. The man that did dye the top of his hair blonde, and I'm not going to blame him for that. It is Miro Day, baby! And can I just say, my favorite part about this is the fact that I was, like, editing something, and I had AEW on mute in another tab, and I literally swapped over at the exact fucking moment he walked out. Like, the gods of wrestling said, no, motherfucker, you turn over there right now because you need to see this. 
My favorite thing is you're like, what well, you'll never guess what uh what Twitch enthusiast is his best man. I was like, Miro? Miro? <laughs> Twitch, like, I got Twitch it in one. There you go. It was a legitimate surprise for me. Yeah. Um, as I was watching, and I fucking flipped my shit. See, here's what I like about AEW. Because, like, I, you heard his music, and they have it, uh, but then... Miro. Miro. Yeah, it just says Miro. His theme song fucking slaps, because it's still got, like, a little bit of, like that bulgarian brute music in the background of the beat but it's still good but like this is what i like about AEW is they a lot of people are like oh they're just gonna bring in a or wwe guys and like make them champ and put them at the top of the card no they did it with moxley because it's fucking john moxley and of course jericho but then you've got brody who's working uh upper mid mid card fantastically and now you've got miro who yeah, he could be a champion, but don't bring him in there yet. Let him work a little bit in the middle. Let him work with Kip for a few, and then build yeah, him up. they started him out as Kip's best man, and he came out in Disney pajamas that said Gucci, dude. That is going to be his energy. Yeah, exactly. Wait, were they Disney? I thought they were just traditional it was a, Gucci. Literally, it was a heart with Mickey and Minnie kissing it. You need to pay more attention, my bro. Yeah, boss. Yeah, boss. Big yeah, boss. boss. You'd think me, of all people on this show, would have recognized that. <laughs> um, also, he did a killer promo where, like, as he came out, people did start chanting Miro Day, and that made my entire week. But Did it make your Miro Day? It did make my Miro Day, because it was the first Miro Day. Yeah. And um, he... The first thing he said on AWTV was a response to that, and he said, that's pretty good, isn't it? That's a pretty good name. Yeah. Well, it was it was to uh, them chanting Miro Day. So he was like, that's... Hey, uh, gentlemen, would we like to guess how much that fucking shirt was? Uh, $1,000. Uh, no. Blake? Uh, $500. Mm, Blake is closest without going over. 650 fucking dollars. I'm looking up the pants now. Are you fucking kidding me? Jesus Christ. I know. Superstar. This motherfucker got it. Can we can we talk about the last segment? Because I really need to go to sleep. That's fine. No, I, no, no. I, I Let just me need look to, up like... all of these good, good pants first. No, but Miro, uh, Miro fucking killed it for AEW, and I think he's gonna be a great addition to their team, and fuck anybody who says, oh, they're just adding a or WWE guys, and I'm like, they're adding the WWE guys that didn't get shit, for the most part, and I'm very happy. And, like, uh, this was probably the most strong anti-WWE promo they've had in a very long time, but yeah, as Dylan said, let's move on to the end, and it... Comes off the heels of something I teased at the beginning of this show, but I... Where do the lines, in your opinions, between storyline and reality need to stop? Because Marty Jannetty... <laughs> yeah, okay, here, real quick. They need to stop at the point that you admit an actual murder and try to cover it up as a wrestling storyline. Yeah. Well, no, no, I, the reason I bring it up is like, yes... That motherfucker did kill a guy. <laughs> like, we're not gonna acknowledge that. But then, like, also, Eric Stevens, who is was one of the most fun accounts to follow on twitter he loves baking and it was very fun and then one day he just decided to turn heel and play like old timer low-key jaded wrestler 
L O W K I, not L O W K E Y. And and like at one point, he tweeted something about like female wrestlers and being like, none of them impress me, and I don't care about them. Not literally in a heel way. And later had to come out like, no, guys, all this was storyline. That's why I'm saying these things. And we trust him enough to be like, don't be a fucking idiot in the future. Like, don't do this. We've lost a lot of respect for you. And in that case, like, I understand where he was coming from. But like, where do the lines get blurred? On Twitter, it's a lot harder. I'll start out of the gate with that. If it is. I will say, like, a hard line is, if it's your f- fucking Twitch stream or Facebook or whatever, that should just be for you. And that should just be you. Yeah. Twitter, people use it to start and continue storylines, so it's really hard to be a heel on Twitter unless you're MJF. I feel like, unless there's someone you're specifically working, and they directly get involved almost immediately, and make it clear, like, I feel like if if people are having to be like, this is a work, this is a shoot, I don't know, that's the danger situation. But if you reach a point where, like, say he did tweet that, and then Kylie Ray immediately shot back and was like, okay, then fucking fight me. Fight me at your show. Then people would be like, okay, this is building to that. It, it makes sense. I also think that, like, it is it is about the specific Instead of the general. So, like, if you specifically attack someone, because you can't just say female wrestlers suck. Like, women suck. That is not a good heel thing unless you're calling someone out. I I think it would in this case, because it would be... Kylie Ray is essentially fighting for all of female wrestling at that point. She is not fighting for just her. It kind of adds to the storyline. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, but if you don't add Kylie Ray into the tweet itself, like just personally calling her out, you can say the same thing. If you don't even say anything towards her, even if you're like subtweeting her, it doesn't work as well. I would do a subtweet. I wouldn't go full tweet because that's too much. But if he said something like, uh, I hate female wrestlers coming out, acting like they're the shit, wearing shitty face paint and pretending to be a hardcore wrestler. Uh, and basically, so everybody goes, oh, alley cat like that. That connection works very, very quickly. But like, yeah, I think the more vague you go with it, the more danger you run into. Dylan. I've never run into this problem. <laughs> yeah. Not even once. See, with me, like, I, I think if you want to talk about the experts of being good heels on Twitter, it was the fucking Bucks. Before they became baby faces. the Bucks were phenomenal because they would just do shit like, yeah, I just, uh, just got done selling all of our merch. Look at the money we brought in and just flashing cash and shit like that. The Bucks were amazing at it. Mm-hmm. And I also think that depending on how inflammatory, like, the topic that you're tweeting about is. Yeah. Uh, I think that that has a lot to do with it. Also, I think the level of wrestler you're at, kind of, like, the Bucks were able to back up what they said, and it, what they said didn't attack anybody, it just made you hate them. It was them being arrogant assholes, being like, we run Twitter, this is our shit. And then people would be like, I want to see them get beat up. That's fine. Because they were at a very, they, they were at a high level and it made sense and they could start storylines that way. But if you're Marty Jannetty trying to set up a storyline, and this was his, this is what he said, a storyline with an ex-police officer at a shitty indie fed in the middle of Georgia, 
I wouldn't start it by saying I did a murder on somebody. No, I would not do that. There are a few other things I wouldn't do, but that's on the list. Um, and I think, I think you hit something though in saying like, you know, the Bucks didn't attack anybody, but like they didn't marginalize anybody as well. They were just talking about how great they were and how literally everyone else sucked. And I think that's a good way to do it. Like, if you pick out a group of people and to start your storyline attack, that's where it becomes problematic. I mean, like, that's when I when I was, like, studying good heel tactics. That was one of the things they would say is, like, target the whole audience. Go after all of them. Don't like because you can point out specific people and make small jokes. But once you go to the level of like, hey, you're fat and have shitty teeth. That person's just not going to feel good for the rest of the night. Like they're not going to feel a comeuppance because they still have to leave with the body you insulted them with. Yeah. And also you could probably do that at a show, but not on Twitter. Let's say. Yeah. All right, let's let's end this show because Dylan is about to pass out in his chair. Where what did you boys learn this week? Oh fuck. I always forget about this fucking segment, Dylan. Uh I learned that the, the G one is an open race to everyone except Minoru Suzuki. No. And uh I, I learned that I can admit to a murder, but it has to be after we start the storyline. Can't do it yet. Oh, I also learned that Kenny Omega will be a champion in AEW for two years running. Five years running. Five years. Kenny Omega. KennyOmega.com. Five years. <laughs> All right. Where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Blake K. Tanner on the Twitter. You can find me at the Darkroom Video on YouTube. And you can find me here on the BS Network doing all these wonderful podcasts that I am a part of. Or the ones that I'm not. Just watch those too. Listen to them. And you can find me on Twitter at Scotty Mo S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O, and check out my brand new podcast. It's coming out next Thursday, Fun Fiction. It might not, if you're a longtime listener, you know this is not brand new. It is a reboot of one of my favorite show concepts that we kind of had to let go once I had a baby and lost a co-host. But it's back. I've got a phenomenal co-host, the magnificent Megan Danger, uh, one of my favorite people in podcasting. So check that out and all the other programming at a load of PureBS.com. I will say I listened to your five minute promo earlier today and I think it's going to be great. Yes. You mean the one where for a solid two minutes we just talk about famous literary authors dicks? Oh, absolutely. That That really got me from like the history buff that I am, I'm like I can, I can connect with this. Um, you can uh, special thanks to Megaran, of course, for our theme song "Fighters." Check out Megaran online. He was playing games earlier today. You can get him in a lot of different places. He's he is allowed on Twitch. He is allowed. Uh, and as always, you can find us at a load of purebs.com. Step up to the merch table at merch.loadofpurebs.com. Find us on Facebook, donate to the Patreon, subscribe on YouTube, and remember to follow us on Twitter at Fight Boy Show. But don't come to my house and stab me, Luther, because when you're a fight boy, you're a fight boy for life!